Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. It was me doing a lot of detective research, asking Jordan what kind of experience he wanted because I wanted to make sure he had fully informed consent as well. And then I wanted to take that information and bring that to her and deliver an experience that still felt like a surprise. So I didn't want to just go, if I don't surprise him, I'm going to take the sexy away. No, if I surprise him, then there's a possibility I'm going to cross some boundaries. This was only body work. So think (laughs) Jordan keeps calling it a conscious hand job. Lovers and friends of Open Late Podcast, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Jessica Spandiari, and this is a Soulfire production. We are here for part two of my conversation with Alexa Bowditch, better known as That Sex Chick. She has her own podcast. She's fucking fantastic. And I've had so much fun getting to know her through this show. And she had me on That Sex Chick for an interview. So don't hesitate to go check that out. Um, This is part two of our conversation. So if you haven't yet listened to last week's episode, definitely go check that out. We have such a juicy conversation and it got a little lengthy. So I decided to chop it in half. And this week we're going to jump into more about her relationship with her new husband, Jordan. So without further ado, here we go. You both have been very public about your relationships. Obviously, you you know, you have a company, it's a very public space. You know, as I mentioned earlier, he, he was on the show and he, he came on openly and we talked about your relationship a little bit in the ways that you are, you know, both navigating the space of monogamish, at least like also not really using a ton of labels because they can really box you in and limit your experience. And, um, I would just love to check in on where you guys are now. That was, gosh, probably about three months ago. Well, when this episode comes out, five months ago. Um, so when, when, okay, so you were married um, almost a year ago now, I think. Uh, October, 2021. So okay. about seven months up to the point of this recording. Yeah. And, you know, you're very public about, you know, wanting to have this non-conventional relationship and exploring non-monogamy. Yeah. I think non-conventional or unconventional as a term doesn't isn't exclusive to consensual non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. So unconventional can look like a lot of different things and I think we're we will be perpetually figuring that out. What does it look like for us? And because we both we were both exposed to both conventional or traditional styles of relationships, primarily with our grandparents. And I believe his mother has also been married either four or five times. So that in a sense is also unconventional, but Mm -hmm. it's trying the traditional serially, you know, one after the other, after the other. Um, And so even as I say that, I, I also like to use my mom as an example for as someone who was in a challenging career 
in the military, single, two daughters that are 13 years apart. So she almost had one out of the house before. Surprise. Here's the next one and do it all over again. Are you the older Uh, or the younger? I'm the younger. You're the younger. Okay. I am very much, we both act like oldest only. only. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She, She acts like an oldest and an only, and I act like a youngest and an only, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you really broke it down. Yeah. And so, and what's kind of funny is that our gen, we're a generation apart. So we don't really have much to argue about. <laughs> yeah. But my sister and I just like, there's really not that much to like, we didn't ever have to share anything. We didn't, mm-hmm. we, you know, we both understand I'm the pretty one. She's the smart one. Like we, and, and we joke about that. That's really because cute. we're both pretty and we're both smart, and you know they they got to tell us that. And we're just we're just different creatures. She's yeah. more, she's the more logical. I'm definitely the feeler. So we're just different creatures to each other. But um, I like to use my mom as the example here because my mom found true love at fifty. So her fifth marriage, she'd, she'd been married four times and, and like one or two of them were very quick. It was like, a you know, basically, basically still a teenager. And then that was over within a year and then meeting the next one. And that lasted three or four years ended met my biological father. And that lasted for a couple of years. And then he left when I was three. So they got, they, um, they got married when I was pregnant. He left by the time I was three. And so there's a high turnover rate for people in the military. Mm-hmm. My mom was three of her husband's bosses. So my mom was biological father's boss. The next person she married, she was his boss and her current husband. They met when they were in the military, but she was married to somebody else. This whole story happened. And then they started kind of making eyes at each other. My mom was basically, she knew what she was doing. One would be on their way out and she'd be like, hey, you want to fill this position? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I look at her whole, and she's very private too. So when I like say this stuff, she wouldn't just normally speak about these things. But now I've been so public about it and talking about it, she cringes less when she hears me say it. I'm like, mom, this is, it's nothing. We're not ashamed here. This just is what it is. Like I, this was the life that I experienced with you. So she, um, she, I think she's, she's definitely more at peace with hearing me talk about it. Um, especially because I really like using her as the example as at 50 years old, she met Ernie, my stepdad. And this is now she's 65, 66. This is her longest relationship she's ever been in. She's the happiest I've ever seen her. And she's the best mom I've ever experienced in her post 50. So it's like, it doesn't matter how old, it doesn't matter what the story is. You can choose to do things, whether it be conventionally, unconventionally, you can choose at any time frame what's best for you. You know, climb out of a box, stop patterns, stop doing things the way that you were doing and choose differently. So I was like to throw that piece out. Cause sometimes it feels like when I tell my story, it's like, wow, my family's in shambles. They're amazing. My family's yeah. amazing. Like we're super close. We're hilarious. It's kind of fucked up. We're one of those families that likes to use sarcasm and picking on each other in order to show love. So just not my mom, the rest of them. So as far as Jordan and I go, bringing it back to, to Jordan and I, we, we got married October and around when we got married, I kind of 
I won't say I clamped down. It was more like I was actually connecting with Kelly a bit on this. Um, Kelly Tennant now more, who's CEO of Soul Fire Productions, who does both of our shows. So I'm sure she's been on your show too. Yeah. Love Kelly. Because we got married both in October. And so just this feeling of I would normally be relatively open to conversations even about possibly, you know, going to an experience where we might play with someone, um, just the general openness to the, even the conversation. As soon as we started getting closer to our wedding date, it was, I don't even want to fucking entertain this at all. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. I can only think about this thing that's right in front of us, which is the initiation of marriage. And so I was like, none of this for now. Um, and that was because stuff came up, you know, we got married, both of us at 33 years old and both of us held a lot of, of, uh, various meanings for what marriage meant and seeing what happened in both of our lives growing up. It was just, it brought up stuff for us, even though we had no idea that the stuff was even there until we're like, why are we fighting? Like what the most challenging time of our relationship was the two months leading up to our wedding. Mm. And I think that's pretty common. I think that's yeah. like relatively common for people. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then it would flip-flop. I would calm down and be like, I think I worked that out of my system and Jordan would panic. So we just like, was like a slinky, you know, just dragging the other one. And it's like, oh, here, now you break down. <laughs> yeah. It's your turn. It's your week. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, we've gone through ebbs and flows with it recently. So we're also on the, the, the journey to starting a family at some point, which is a whole other spiritual journey experience. Yeah. I'm sure we're, we're already a part of it's already happening, but, uh, looking to start our family or start trying for trying to start our family towards the end of 2022. And knowing that that's probably going to be about a time when I might have a contraction again of some sort, we're now questioning, what do we want to do in the in-between? Do you want to keep this as like, it's all newly laid down foundation again? Like, are we, or do we want to have some wild and out experiences? Do we want to have some fun and frisky kind of play in the in-between? I think we're settling more or less on that because we understand that once we start the family thing, even though it takes nine months to, you know, gestate, yeah. it's not a... Yeah sexy word, but, um, so you're technically like, don't have a kid for nine whole months, 10 months when pregnant, but I don't know how much gallivanting I will right. want to do. There's a lot of unknowns there. So the conversation, it wasn't really, it didn't really start with these words, but for me, this was kind of what it was like, but how do we break the seal? It's just been us. And it's just been these certain conversations. What do we do in order to remind ourselves that we're open to more? Mm. So recently after Jordan's birthday, which was in um, April, this didn't happen until May, but recently we, I hired a tantric body worker mm. to uh, deliver an experience with me. So we have a really awesome community here in Austin. And so, you know, and, and just based off the work that I do, I have connections. So it's still, it's relatively easy for me to find these types of people. I understand that people listening might not, it might not be so easy for you to find a tantric body worker, um, or a sexological body worker, sex somatics, 
mm-hmm. insert any other word that means body and yeah. sex <laughs> or tantra. But if you're looking for one, definitely DM us and we will give you recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can at least tell you what to Google or yeah. what to look up and, or, or where to look it up. Mm-hmm. So I hired someone and, um, we co-created an experience for Jordan. And that was the way that we were able to re-inspire and reinvigorate that, that excitement, um, in other people and how it's not, it's not necessarily about the other person. It's about, I always want to be conscientious of how I phrase this. You know, when it comes to someone who's providing a service, it gets to be all about us. Yeah. When we are navigating a third and we have someone else who's playing with us that is not offering a service per se, then there we're equally considering each other. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that has its own uh, unique pressures. And so I wanted to give us a lower barrier to entry, a minimum viable product, if you will, so that we could, we could be in that space again together and he could feel my nervous system be regulated. He could see me get turned on and he could resurrender and relax. So, um, yeah, it was, it was something that was spurred on by his birthday. So it was more about him than anything. Uh, and so, you know, we're, we're talking about like what it could look like for him to curate an experience for me, but you know, it doesn't have to look like, let's go start dating again, or let's go start, you know, getting, let's get on field and our lives are busy. Mm-hmm. I just mentioned, I went to Peru so I could slow the fuck down. So w- that's another thing when you start playing with others and considering dating, it's like a whole portion of your calendar that has to magically open up. My lovers, my listeners, I want to talk to you about some important things. As you know, I'm in Europe and I'm bouncing around and I'm in different time zones. And it's been so interesting because normally when that happens, I gear up for bad sleep. I gear up for jet lag and all of those things. It's not happening. Do you know why? You've probably heard me talk about Cured Nutrition's Zen It is the thing that I've been using to help me sleep now for about two months. And I take two capsules at night. I'm telling you, I have never slept better in my life. And I never had trouble sleeping before, but about two years ago, I became very aware that I was getting older and I couldn't sleep through the night. I was waking up usually 4 a.m. and just really tossing and turning for the rest of, you know, my sleep cycle. Is not happening anymore with Zen. So I decided to collaborate with this company because I really believe in all of their products. They have a bunch of other products as well, but this is the one that I'm obsessed with. And so there is a link in the show notes. There is a link in my bio in all the places that you'll find me to order directly. You can get 20% off your order as well. You'll never sleep better. I promise you. Once you try it, let me know how it's working for you. I've heard so many good things from all of my listeners that have ordered it so far, and I'm just really jazzed about it. Something else I want to share with you is if you don't know already at Openly, we created a free downloadable dictionary of terms. Navigating open relationships is not easy. Communicating about your wants, your needs, your desires, your boundaries, when you don't know the difference between being in an open relationship and being polyamorous kind of sucks. And all of this stuff is relatively new to our culture, even though people have been living this way for 
thousands of years, but I won't get into all of that. Um, in our modern day culture, non-monogamy is a new topic. You know, it's it's a new way to live, apparently. And so I want to help people live their lives to the fullest and have all the information that they need in order to do that, in order to communicate. Because if you can't ask your partner for what you need and tell them how to love you best, then what are we really doing? Anyway, the link to download this free resource is in my bio. It's in the show notes and I know you're going to love it. So download the dictionary today and let me know what you think. Of course, I always love hearing about your journey. So screenshot, tag me and yeah, let's be on this journey together. I love you all. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. People always want it. And I think to myself, sometimes you have no idea like how much of a life shift it becomes when you bring in these other relationships, especially if you are doing it in a conscious way where you are considering all parties. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I'm glad you touched on that because I think people enter into this space all the time who are already established couples who have a primary relationship and, you know, that that gets a bad rep sometimes because, yeah. you know, there's the whole like quote unquote unicorn hunting and things like that. But it's, it is a great thing to note that like the third or the fourth or whoever else they're, they are not there exclusively to serve you. And I just love that you hired a professional because mm -hmm. I I've said it on the show so many times, people are like, um, you know, this is my quick little tangent soapbox, but People will write in and ask me, well, where do we find, you know, a third to play with? And it's so hard and it's so challenging. And I'm like, it's actually not hire a sex worker, right? You know, and I mean, that's not the only way, but a mm. professional in some, you know, you had a tantric body worker. There are amazing people who will come and do shibari in your home or things like that to create an experience. And then, like you said, it, it's such a great point of entry into this world and it gets to be all about you if that's the experience that you want um yeah. pasha just hired a professional dom for me actually not that long ago and mm -hmm. it was the first time we had ever done that um and they sort of created an experience for me i haven't talked about it on the show yet guys so uh i'll have an episode about that coming soon it was incredible um that sounds like a solo yeah or like one with you and your partner maybe it's definitely going to be a solo episode for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, so continue, please. I appreciate um, just you touching on that because I think it's, it's, it's such a way to go that people don't often consider. Yeah. And I'm sure that there's a ton of people in Austin that would come fuck us. Yeah. I am certain it's here. Yeah. But that's not what we're looking for. That's not, that's not what I was looking for in that, in, in this time. I, you got to consider, I think generally speaking for anybody, consider where you are in your life, consider where you are in your relationship and your love and where's the edges and the boundaries. And so, um, I like to look at things on a spectrum or on a, on a number scale rather. So if there's a fantasy or a desire, but there's an interest in, let's say having a threesome, having a foursome, having a orgy, whatever it is, um, having some kind of fantasy experience, uh, working with a Dom, something like that. And let's put that at a 10. Let's put where you're currently at, at a one, then let's go for a two or a three mm -hmm. on the path to the 10. 
So if us dating someone and seeing them regularly and having really beautiful, awesome, open experiences is a 10, I just went to like a four or a five. So maybe a two or a three is reading erotica. That is about more than one person listening to the open late podcast, listening to okay, babe, listening to, you know, reading and listening to audiobooks that, that describe the dynamics, reminding myself, even though I teach on the subject, I help people open all the time and, and change and change their mind all the time and redefine their relationships all the time. And it's different when it's mine. It's different when it's my relationship. And so I seek help and assistance all the time based mm-hmm. off of where I'm at um, in my journey and how I, and I like to honor that, that just because I'm a pro- professional in this space and because I have a business that's oriented around that doesn't mean that I'm not void of the challenges. Mm-hmm. I have my own, I'm not, my body hasn't gone through pregnancy and that's, that is even considering that it will. I don't know. I haven't gone through any of that yet. I haven't gone through a slew infinite possibilities. And then guess what? I'll learn more about myself through those, that next wave of change. And just when I think I've got the handle on it, the handle on my mind, the handle, a handle on my body and all of that going to fucking change again, because that's the way life goes. It's cycles and seasons. And so I'm pretty consistently reaching out to people that I trust, um, whether they're people online or people that are in my in-person community here in Austin or, you know, back at home, family in New Orleans. So it's, I always want to share with people that you don't have to do all of this alone. You really don't have to do, you know, whatever your next great, big, grand adventure is. You don't have to do it alone. And I would suggest that you don't. Mm -hmm. Um, So with regards to, I'd say like the last couple of things that I, I really loved and enjoyed about hiring someone to come in with us and to have that experience is now we're that much more excited to do something else. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad that we started with that one because that felt safe. It was in a sense, very transactional, but it was so soft and so gentle and sweet that, um, it didn't feel like, okay, I'm here to provide a service. All right. I'm leaving. When do you pay? It wasn't Mm -hmm. anything like that. It was an hour-long conversation ahead of time. It was me doing a lot of detective research, asking Jordan what kind of experience he wanted because I wanted to make sure he had fully informed consent as well. And then I wanted to take that information and honor his boundaries and desires and bring that to her and deliver an experience that still felt like a surprise. So I didn't want to just go, well, if I don't surprise him, I'm going to take the sexy away. No, if I, su- if I surprise him, then there's a possibility I'm going to cross some boundaries. Mm-hmm. There was also no penetration. This was only body work. So think Jordan keeps calling it a conscious hand job. I love this. I love him so much. He keeps telling people he had a conscious threesome hand job. That's pretty great. I mean. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, that's Jordan for you. We actually just recorded an episode all about it. And, and you know, I broke down all the pieces and parts mm-hmm. and how I even found this person, engaged with them, the questions I asked Jordan. And then the actual experience itself, we were both, we co-created, we took turns and I let her yeah. lead because that's her, that's her, um, expertise. expertise. Oh, so I let her yeah. lead. And I told her that as someone who leads so much in life, I'm like, I looked at her and was like, I'm going to follow your lead. And yeah. she was like, great. I've done this many times. And she was so considerate and conscientious of how I felt 
I came in, we went to, we did this whole thing at a hotel in Austin at the line. Shout out to the line. It's fancy and cool. And so that was fun. We went to the bar. We had one drink, only one. And then I left Jordan at the bar and he talked to strangers while I went up to the room and set the whole experience up with her. And then when it was done, she, for the, her last remaining, she kept giving check-ins. Are there any more desires? We have about 20 minutes left. Are there any more desires? So it all felt held. Mm. And, um, and it was so much sensation play and there was a blindfold and it was just really yummy for me to get to enjoy my man with someone else and know that there was no follow-up, mm-hmm. you know, from our part. Cause that's a lot of times I think that's what's, um, expected of the couple in a threesome is that the couple's going to do this follow-up and yeah. it's up to them. And so I just got a text from her the next day is, how are you feeling the next day? And it was pretty straightforward. I was like, that was, Jordan said it was one of the greatest experiences he's ever had in his life, which he funnily enough says about almost every fun experience he has. He sounds so much like Pasha. And for people listening, they like heard me talk about this, but every day is the best day of his life. Every day. How are you feeling? Today's the best day of my life. It's going to be the best day. It's like, okay. I get it. But this likely was one of the best experiences of Jordan's life, probably. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to think so. Yeah. And it's so much so that like our our best friends will finish the sentences with, and it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. They just so do cool. that at the end. Yeah. yeah. So that was um yeah, it was certainly a highlight for us in in our relationship and massive turn on for sure. I think that for him with his upbringing and, you know, he had grandparents that were pastors of a charismatic Christian church. I'm sure he mentioned that on the show with you. And so he also grew up with a lot of the same stressors and stigmas, um, shame around sexuality and all that. So he also um, had lots of relationships growing up, which I think some people will resonate with this, where he was essentially in partnerships, where if he spoke to another woman, they would freak out. So he would, you know, get kind of flirty or he would even just engage. He got to a point where when he was in relationship with someone, he would start fearing other women because he was afraid that he would hurt the person he loves or that they would interpret it in a particular way. And then that they would then be aggressive to him. Mm. So it's been a, a process for us to have in our relationship for him to feel safe for me to go, you know, there's, there's a, a right not that we want to keep this very binary, but there's a right and a wrong way to play with this energy mm-hmm. and you understand your integrity more than anyone. So what it feels integrous to you and know that what feels integrous to you, you might layer some logic over it to make yourself feel better so that a thing that you choose to do fits in the side of a certain bucket. But you and I both know that that wasn't cool. Mm. or it's a pure joy, innocent, uh, drinking in the world, feeling pleasure and, and, and love. And it feels so different. It feels like effortless and like it's, ha- like it's, it's happening and unfolding. And these things are, are different. And, and he's, um, I've given him lots of lessons. Like you take it or leave it. Here's how this is shaken out mm-hmm. <laughs> for me on my side. And, uh, and we haven't gotten it right every time. 
you know, we've navigated uh, certain dynamics in our relationship. And of course we wouldn't, we're, we're humans. Yeah. Yeah. I, one of the things that I remember we talked about a lot when I had Jordan on the show actually was just communication and how you guys have a lot of fun, comfortable conversations as he put it. Um, and like, we can talk about communication until cows come home. I feel like it's synonymous with open or consciously open relationships. You know, it's like sex too. Yeah. But it is so true that if you lean into the communication, you will tend to stay on or err on getting it right more often than not, but you're never going, it's never going to be perfect. But that's like the beauty of it is I think if you, you know, use your relationship as a vehicle for growth, right, which you too very much do. Um, it sounds like, you know, you're constantly looking at how you can grow and change and become more of yourselves through this partnership. You know, you're, you're always going to be able to see, okay, how did we do this? What maybe could it have been better or worse, but like almost to not judge it because you need the times where it goes off the rails to see what you actually want. You have to go to your edges and your limits and feel like things have maybe been a little bit crossed to then know how to come back to center or what you don't want to do again. And I, I just love how you laid it out with going to a three or four rather than going to the eight. You don't have to burn yourself in a fire, right? To feel your edge. Um, but that all of the conversations also create eroticism. The more you talk about these things, the more you're going to iron out what's going to feel good, what's going to be yummy, what's most aligned for two people to do together or three or four or seven um, by having all those conversations. I had like my very first guest or second ever on the show. She's a good friend of mine, Maria Luisa. She pointed out for me, which I never really thought about how in our culture, we often have sex with people before we ever actually talk about sex with them. And some people never talk about sex. And I think we have also a culture of like, well, not everybody, but I think like in the mainstream, it's like, oh, talking about this stuff takes like the, the sexy out of, it. out of it. And it's like, what is sexier than talking about all the kinky things you want to do to each other before you do it? And that's like how she said it. And I was like, this is brilliant. How have I never thought about this? But it's it's so true. And I, I just wanted to highlight it because I feel like for people listening, um, you know, and I get this a lot. I'm sure you get people that write in and say sort of the same stuff. Like, where do we start? And they want to jump right in. And it's like, start talking about it. Like, have conversations all the time to like ad nauseum with your partner, because that's where you're actually going to find the most eroticism. It's not even the event sometimes. It's like the talking about the things before and after that are going to bring intimacy, vulnerability, connection, um, sometimes orgasm, like with your partner. Um, I've had many experiences where we went and had an experience that like in our conversations or in our mind or in our dirty talk with one another was hotter before the experience actually ever was. Yeah. And so I think people really miss out when they're not talking about sex and sexuality and, and what they want to do. And 
I just think it's incredible that you went like full detective mode. Like, what does he want? And then I'm going to lay it out and have it be like almost a surprise as it unfolds. So it feels organic. That is so special and so sweet. And thank you for that. Cause I'm like, okay, I put, I actually wrote notes. I'm like, need to do this for Basha. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think some people think that it's going to take away the surprise, but I think what it wound up creating was a lot of safety and safety doesn't necessarily sound sexy, but if you, if the, if the degree that you can experience pleasure is a degree that you feel safe because you have to feel safe in order to be okay with some of the kinky edgy things that might inflict pain. Even, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to have safety established where you know that that person's not actually going to hurt you and doesn't want to hurt you um, emotionally or physically. And that trust that if they do cross a line, that they care about you enough that they're going to hold you. And so it doesn't actually wind up becoming a traumatic kind of experience when a mistake happens. It winds up just being, oops, come here, let me hold you. I'm Mm -hmm. with you. I will never do that again. Next time, how about we try it this way? Or we can talk about it in the morning until then I'm going to just be with you. You know, like there's, there is a, a level of safety, even up against the edgy and the kinky. And so, you know, co-creating this experience with another person and getting this feedback and information from Jordan and created an environment that he could fully surrender into the pleasure because there wasn't going to be anything that was, that he had to be on edge for that. Is it, is it going to be a surprise that I don't know? Like there's so much I don't know. And for some people that's really exciting. And that's the kind of kink and sex that they want to play with. And for most people though, especially just getting started, they want the former. Yeah. You know, deliver the things and have the questions. and. And Jordan was pretty much, and and if you have a partner listening, that's like Jordan, he was like, I think I'm down for anything. I'm really, there's nothing that you could do that I wouldn't be down for. I'm really excited for anything you do. I'm like, but what do you want? Whatever you do, I want whatever you do. And I know that that's true, but that's too vague. Mm -hmm. And I want to know. So I get to press a little bit, not get upset not get, uh, not put pressure on him, but say, okay, well, out of the realm of possibilities in a matter of 45 minutes, I can't do anything and everything to you. So I want to get it right with that. I'd like a little more feedback. And then I start gave, giving him options. Do you want this or that, this or that, this or that? Oh, I have a new idea back to the first thing, this or that other thing. Yeah. And it just, and I just kept taking notes. I took notes, um, about, where he is in life and in our relationship and how he's been feeling recently. And I fed some of that information back to her so that when she spoke to him, she spoke to him in a certain way. So everything was very intentionally and meticulously considered. Wow. Lex, I like have chills because I think that this is like the most beautiful, like not only sexy, but like genuinely kind thing that you can like do for a partner. No. Um, and you're, I, I just, I have to plug because you reminded me of your want, will, won't list when you were talking about all of this. And so um, for those of you listening, um, Alexa has created um, this, this list and we're going to link it in the show notes, but it's almost like a checklist that you can go through with your partner. Can you chat just a, for a moment about that briefly? Sure. I mean, if you have a hard time with language or you don't really know where to start, the want, will, won't list is our most, our most, um, assigned homework for all of our community and clients. And it's, if you don't know where to start, start there. 
And it's a series of 300 plus questions that involves activities and body parts. And it asks you from the giving perspective and the receiving perspective, do you want a certain item or task uh, or scene or scenario? Will you do it? Or is it an absolute no, you're saying you're safe where you want out? Uh, So for some people, it gives them the foundation to work off of. And if you're working with a partner and you each have a want, well, won't list and you check it all up and you realize that there's been a thing that you've been doing over and over again, because you think that your partner wants it, but your partner is like a, not really that into it, but you thought all along that they were so into it. It's like, whoa, I don't even know you for a second here. What? So the will is not a maybe the will is you will do it willingly for your partner, if your partner wants it. So if you both will do it, you know, you look at the sheet and you have it marked as a will and your partner has it marked as a will, it's a no. Yeah. So some people think that, oh, well, this will narrow things down too much to where there's really nothing left, but it's no, no, no. Get rid of all the things that are lackluster, mediocre, not up to par, not up to standard, you don't really want it, or is a hard no, just cut it off the list. And then take a look at the things that you both have as wants, both wants. There's a difference, right? If you have it as a will and your partner has it as a want, there's an option because you will willingly do it for your partner. It's not your favorite thing ever, but you will do it if your partner really wants it. And that's a turn on for sure. But you can leave that if we were to tear them out. Everything that the other stuff that's a no and the double wills, you put that in category three, we put it in a box, put it on a shelf, we can revisit it at a different time. Because sometimes those won'ts turn into wants, Mm -hmm. but later with time and practice and patience and all of that, you revisit that later. In category two, you can put, I will do it if you want it. Why play there right away? There's no need to. You have plenty of things that both parties want play in the infinite combinations of those wants until you're like, "Hmm, maybe I want to revisit some of those won'ts and see if I still don't want them. So my recommendation is to start there. You can Google it, want, will, won't list. Um, Our list will pop up first. So the first one that pops up, you just click it. You can download it. It's free. I have a solo episode that breaks down what I just said even more and gives more examples. Um, and so that's linked on the main page for the want, will, won't list as well. And if you have any questions about how to have that go down, uh, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. Yeah. Thank you. I was, I was laughing to myself because I'm kind of like Jordan in that way of like, I'll do anything, whatever. And there it's because I guess the way my brain works a lot of times I don't get specific and think about what I want, or at least I have it in the past. In the last nine months, having a coach, I have a coach that we focus on like just my pleasure and how to sort of orient my life towards more pleasure mm-hmm. um, and, and doing your list. I've gotten a lot better at like, okay, this is what I actually want. Let me be specific and move towards things um, that I want. So for those of you listening who are like me and maybe like Jordan, <laughs> this is a good place to start. And really identifying that for yourself or if you're coupled up. Um, I guess I could talk to you forever, but I do want to give people a little glimpse at the things that you offer at Sex and Love Co. Maybe like what it looks like to work with you or someone else from the team. And you're you're about 
maybe you might've already started. I'm not super up on exactly what's happening right now, but you were doing a training, right? For um, people who want to actually become sex, mm -hmm. love and relationship coaches. So yeah, yeah, give us all the goods. Sure. And I'll keep it pretty brief because, uh, you know, these things are, are available if you go to the link tree um, or the, the link in my bio on Instagram, whatever is most up to date and relevant or what's still available. Like there's enrollment spots left or right there on the link tree. Um, and then our website, sexandlove.co, S-E-X-A-N-D-L-O-V-E dot C-O has a has all pretty much everything that we have available, whether that's one-on-one -on -one sex and love coaching, which is with our, our team. And we do our best to keep, um, prices and offers comparable to if you were to go seek therapy, we do our best to make them, um, attractive, affordable, accessible, all of that. And so, um, you can feel free to check that out. Each one of our coaches specializes in something different. So we have everything from kink and BDSM to feminine embodiment to uh, we have a couple that works with us who is an um, was an executive coach turned sex coach, trained with me for a couple of years. And his wife, who was a counselor, um, who also trained with me for a couple of years, and they do two-on-two -two coaching. So couples that come with us, come to us, get coached by another couple. That way each person gets individual attention and the couple gets the couple itself gets individual attention. So we run programs all the time for single women, for single men, um, and for couples of any sort. So, um, and when I say single, I mean individual, not that they're single. And as far as relationship goes, I mean, we have women's only programs, men's only programs, and, um, and then we have couples experiences as well. So sexandlove.co has pretty much everything on it. And um, there's a section there that if you are interested in helping people and serving the world in this way, like I do, like the people who are on my team do, like Jessica does, uh, then feel free to check out Sex Coach Prep School. It's a really great starting point for someone who's interested in um, coming into this space. You can absolutely decide if you want to do um, something a bit more formal afterwards, but the program is already 23 or 24 weeks long. So it's really big and really full and it's quite a commitment. It's for people who really want to do this with their lives um, and who are unsure. Do I want to do coaching? Do I want to do therapy? What background do I need? What do I need in order to do this stuff? Um, what's required in order to be in this space and to help people in this area? Sex Coach Prep School is one of, if not the greatest thing we've ever created. It is... Mm we had, I had a call with them last night and I just stood back and I was like, holy shit, this is how I get to this, helping these people in their own individual sex lives and then branch into this subject as well is how I get to affect massive change mm -hmm. because all the people they get to work with is, um, it's beyond, it blows my mind sometimes. And it's such a good program. So that's of interest, of course, just reach out. There's links and things on the, on the website and you can always just reach out on Instagram. Mm, thank you so much for sharing. Um, yeah, that's, it's so great to hear that that is the mission behind it. Not that I thought like it would be anything else, but, um, I so see you in that. How can I make something much bigger than me? Um, that's something that I've talked about a little bit, a mentorship program that I'm launching in the fall. That's really all yeah. about how to help people become the facilitator that, that I am with sound meditation, 
and, you know, ceremonies and things like that. So I just love, love sex coach prep school. uh, (laughs) And I've thought about taking it. So (laughs) Um, it's good shit. Yeah, it's good. Shit. And I cool. sometimes I'm like, sometimes I'm surprised. I go through a call and I'm surprised how good it was. I'm like, I'm like, I'm contacting the team and I'm like, did you hear what just happened? Yeah, you know. So are the know, calls week, weekly for like you said about twenty four weeks? Yeah, yeah. It's it's six for eight, a friend. I know six to eight weeks of in depth sex education, six to eight weeks of coaching fundamentals, and then um, incorporating sex into your coaching fundamentals. And then six to eight weeks of how to put this into your business. Yeah. Okay. I'll let my friend know. (laughs) I'm like, it's not for everyone. And uh, every time we have a call, I like contact my team. Like I just said, or I go, I didn't even know that you were, that you had that in you. Cause every person on the team shows up last night. We had Jordan, we had the couple, we had one half of the couple on. Um, We had our other therapist, uh, turned coach on as well. And everyone was giving coaching feedback to each other after doing live coaching and breakout rooms. And it was just like, I don't know any other program that does it like this. So I, uh, very fond. This is like definitely a baby that we're seeing. She's walking, you know, and we're like cheering on the sidelines. You're walking, you're running. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's awesome. Wow. Thank you so much for that for sharing that for your offering for putting this out into the world and all that you do in this space because we need it and i'm so grateful for you just sort of seeing you getting to know you from afar but now feeling like you know in the soul fire family i just really really appreciate your work and your time you. um and so grateful and i hope i get to meet you in person i know come to austin i will i said i would and i think i will this fall actually. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Just pretend the summer isn't happening. Yeah. It's like, already, <laughs> summer's it's gone anyway for me. I'm it's a like hundred degrees. Europe. Yeah. It's a hundred. Yeah, it gets 100. really sweaty there. Yes. Yeah. We had a retreat here. La- it was last month-ish. Yeah. It was last month-ish. And, and someone in the morning was like, it's like misting in the air or it's like misting outside today. And I went, that's the air. That's just normal. It's the thick air of Austin. So I don't blame you. I'll see you in the fall. My favorite time of year anyway. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Jessica. Thank you, love. All right, loves. That's been another, wow, incredible episode. I'm so, so grateful um, to just have Alexa here and share all that she does and all of her work and her offerings. Definitely check out the show notes. Everything that we talked about is linked there. It's just so incredible that I get to do this for work, that I get to share all of these amazing people and our thoughts and our conversations with you all. When you guys write into me, DM me on Instagram and all the other places that I am, it really means so much to me to hear about your journeys. So please don't ever stop doing that. Um, I love hearing from you. What would mean the world to me is if you left a review for this show. Um, It takes literally 10 seconds. There's a link in my bio to do so. There's a link in the show notes and it just makes my day. It makes me smile so, so big. We're also on TikTok. I make funny videos sometimes. I make dumb videos sometimes. They're not always great, but I share a lot of educational content both on Instagram and TikTok. So make sure you're following me there so you don't miss out on this extra stuff. And I'll see you next week. 
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.